Welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast number 194. I'm your host, Brian. Joining me this evening, Mac. I need to get a emotional support peacock for my thinking brain parrot. Oh, okay. And uh, Ian? Uh, I have no use for emotional support peacock myself, so... And Mad Cat? Hello, hello. I'm going into eliminations. Okay. And the dumbass himself. <laughs> Call me your sovereign and present me your meats. Ah. <laughs> uh, well. Maybe. How is everybody doing this evening? Not too I'm bad. Doing pretty good. Doing okay. I'm here. Getting better. All right. Well, anything from pretty well to I'm here. So we, we, we kind of cover the range there, don't we? Somewhat. The gamut. Uh, I'm With happy gambit. that uh, that my section that, that you know that I work on at work is busy, and uh, that's good because there's a lot of a lot of segments in oil and gas right now that are not busy, and uh, so uh, marine for one. <laughs> so I'm I'm glad that I'm busy. So this is, so actually we've had a busy week. We started out we started out the uh, the beginning of this year um, full blast. So that's exciting. All okay. right. Well, uh, do we have some announcements? WhimsyCon. What is WhimsyCon? Okay. Um. WhimsyCon is actually a new convention that's replacing AnomalyCon. Basically, AnomalyCon last year was its last year. Kronda decided to end it, and of course, she's now gotten involved in politics. The people who put on Myth and Legends Con decided to try and take over doing the convention to replace it. So WhimsyCon is going to be a steampunk convention and a costuming convention. And it's the first weekend of March out here in Colorado. I believe it's at the Denver Tech Center. I will be there the whole weekend with books to sell. I, um, I will be getting copies of the one I talked about a few months ago, Disharmony of the Spirit, the one dealing with mental illness. So I will have copies of that there in case anyone's interested in coming by and picking up a copy. But uh, it should be a fun convention. It should be a nice, small, little relaxing con, which is always good. I don't think people understand just the, the gambit of cons that are out there because a lot of them picture... Comic-Con, which is insane and crazy and packed, and WhimsyCon falls on the other end where it's a nice small crowd, m- most people know each other, and, you know, it's just having fun for a weekend. Sure. So, so Sounds th- great. So it, it looks like, re- looking over this, so, I mean, the, the, it, this is a direct replacement for Myths and Legend Con. In fact, it, it, it is... No, it's not, it's, not re- it's not replacing Myth and Legends, it's replacing AnomalyCon. Um, Myth and Legends oh. is still happening. It's just it's done by the same people that do Myth and Legends. I see. Okay, that's why the connection here. Okay, but so but the but this is basically. I mean, other than the name, it's the same convention and different people putting it on. Yeah. Okay. That's what she's. That's what she's hoping for. We'll see exactly how that goes over. Sure. But she, she was hoping to basically get all the people that are doing Nomicon to come to this instead now, since um you know they wouldn't have a steampunk convention. Well, why not? Give it a try. Yeah. Okay. And we have another uh, one more announcement here. Yes, I've been. Um, I've noticed this one thing going on called One List One Life. It's about this uh, young man who has leukemia, and he he had cancer beforehand when he was younger, but he got oh, it was dealt with, but now it's back, and he has one year to live. As far as as far as the doctors know, so he's doing a bucket list. At the same time as him doing the bucket list, though, they're doing things for for the uh, bone marrow registry in the United States, and they're doing something called the the lemon. Ah, my brain's gone. 
uh, lemons for leukemia. So first off, the... Uh, is that the same as a lemon party, is it? No, no. Okay. Basically, what exactly you do is um, it's just you do a video and you put it up on on YouTube with or a YouTuber somewhere with the hashtag lemons for leukemia challenge. Well, okay. without challenge, but lemons for leukemia. What you do is you show what you do with lemons when life gives you lemons. And I've already done this. And um, you ask a couple more people to do it and get people to do do that to show that you're for people for leukemia, right? And there's also a sign-up for the bone marrow registry as well to help people who do have these kind of issues because if you're a match to someone, then if you're willing to help and give out and give bone marrow, then uh, then there's that to help out people who have leukemia and so, other issues. So what is the, 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 the one list, one life that there's stuff on? So they have a list of stuff on here that... Is this suggestions for of stuff for people to do? Because some of these are crossed out. Oh no no no! One list, one life itself. <clears throat> There's stuff below that that's information on how to help. But one list, the bucket list itself, is for Christopher. Oh, and Dylan. Okay. That's his bucket list because he only has like a year to so, live, right? Because he has. So, like, so one of the things he has on here is try the world's hottest pepper, which. I forget what it's called now. I don't know if it's a California Reaper or what. Uh, so stuff like that. So I guess so somebody could send him that pepper would be the idea so that he could try it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Meet and Johnny if you Depp. Can, hmm? I'm reading his list. Meet Johnny Depp uh, yeah. is on his list. So, okay. So so this is his list. that he. So he's, so he's, he's got some of these that he's done on here. Okay. Yeah. He's already met uh, Matt Carricker from uh, Demolition Ranch. And Vet Ranch, those ones I really like specifically. I started watching Vet Ranch, and they save animals, basically. Or not basically, they do save animals. Um, so what the hey is Dog Ball? I, I don't know. Escape Room? What okay, number that, is that? That's number 17, Dog Ball. He's still having trouble finding an old lady to help them across the street. Apparently, he said that, you know, you go to try to help an old lady across the street, and they're like, oh, wait! So. Right, because here, because here's here's the I, thing about that is that you're taking away somebody's independence if, if you're stepping in if they don't actually need help. Yeah. <laughs> so 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 maybe that's not a great thing to go on the bucket list, right? I mean, you well, got to look for somebody who actually needs you know, help. If you tell if you tell the person in advance, this is what I need to do on my bucket list, they'd probably get a better response. I wonder if he <laughs> means dodgeball. That could be it. That could be it. Swim in a frozen lake. Tell me, go Sault Ste. Marie. 100% achievements on Call of Duty. That could take a lifetime. Break a world record. See a baseball game. Oh, well, so. Well, I think the the whole point of this is that all these things take a lifetime. Well, I'll tell you what. Trying the world's hottest pepper, I bet that'll knock him out for a week. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's trying to do as much as he can. Sure. And, uh,. I, I, yeah, the, uh, laser laser dodging game. Okay, sure, laser tag or something like that. Well, that's cool. I mean, it's it's a it's a cool idea. He's got it published, and clearly he's making uh, making his way through it. No. That's great. Well, it's it's definitely a good idea to sign up to be a um, uh, blood marrow donator. Absolutely. Yeah, bone marrow. Because, bone marrow. Sorry. Yeah. Mm. Uh, def- like it's a it's just a good idea. People focus on uh, blood donations all the time, but there are other things that you can do. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I already checked that for me, but I can't do it. I'm on the list of, you can't do this. Ah, well, there you go. But at least you checked. But I did check. I was ready and willing to do it if I could, but it says no fibromyalgia people, so yeah. that I sucks look, for me. Because I have, um, I have asthma that's induced by activity, and so they, I think that I was not to get blood, but I wonder if I have to check and see maybe mm. for blood marrow registration. Medical guidelines. Um, I haven't checked at all into this because I am a bad person. There you go. What? <laughs> I, well, I didn't tell I was, you about this. When I was supposed to go through the phlebotomy for the for my to uh, lower my red count in my blood, I asked them if I could donate the blood, and they said that because the blood is out of balance, it wouldn't be uh, yeah, donated. Want it? Yeah. Uh, you mean like, you mean as in the chi wasn't balanced? <laughs> right. Exactly. You know, because he doesn't have a proper feng shui setup at home, he got his chi off balance. <laughs> <laughs> It is one of the guidelines on who you can't. Okay, well, so people should check it out and, and sign up. I think that, that if they can, yeah. I think that's a good thing to do. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, and we... if you can't donate blood, what do you do? Uh, you can donate to the VMATCH Foundation, I believe. But remember, this is marrow that they're you could, asking I think for. You can, I think you can also, I think you can technically donate sperm at uh, any fast food restaurant. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's time well, to move on. What time is it? What time is it, man? Man, cat? Uh, oh, we're getting that way. We're getting it. It is Ian and Dumbass's masturbation moment brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. And Max Stealth Segway. Yes, it was. And that too. <laughs> <laughs> The Amateur Skeptics present Ian's Masturbation Moment, brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Dumbass Media Empire, bringing you content that touches people while they touch themselves. This was put together by Dumbass, right? Right. Not, mm-hmm. not, not Ian. I'm not giving it away this time. It was put in by Dumbass. Well, I figured we hadn't uh, had a good old public masturbation story in quite a while, God. so I thought I'd bring up this uh, article about a man caught masturbating in Burger King from four days ago, and I like this guy's pictures. This, he, he's so wide-eyed looking at the camera here. Is that his mugshot? I don't know. I don't know. He looks very... Is that his orgasm face? <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. That would scare whoever. Oh man, that's not good. Uh, so where so, where was this? Uh, it's just one of Lincoln Restaurants uh, employees. Yeah, Lincoln what? Lincoln uh, Nebraska. Nebraska. Lincoln Nebraska. Okay, there we go. Uh, yeah. So um, apparently, uh, it looks like maybe he was drunk. He apparently kept uh, walking in and out of the restaurant, and then just whipped him out and started going at it. You know, this is a very common thing. I have a I have a uh, Google alert for for masturbation and and there's usually a story about some man that's picked up for masturbating. I have one here: police arrest man after reported lewd act outside of uh, somebody's home. Um, and so it's a, this why 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 are well, men doing apparently this? Apparently, this is like the article says. This is the first time someone has performed lewd sexual acts at a fast food restaurant. A man in Florida was arrested in 2015 for playing with his genitals at another Burger King. So is it just a Burger King thing? I don't know. 
It could be that uh, the king incites more passion from people than Ronald McDonald. It is the home of the Whopper. Okay, clowns are creepy, right? I mean, so, so is the king, though. Have you seen the commercials? The king's pretty creepy himself. I, I, yep, but he but he's on a swing or something. So I mean, he's all good. No, he climbs <laughs> in your bed and just sits there with a the sandwich. Okay, that's creepy. Yeah, that yeah. that yeah. commercial was yeah. very creepy. Yeah, okay, that one was creepy. Yep. Yeah, I, I don't understand. Ah, <laughs> uh, I don't understand. Yeah, why you need to do it in public? I do recall one time um, in high school, me and my friends were messing around on a fountain downtown. And there was a homeless guy that uh, we didn't quite know why he wasn't leaving. And finally, we got a good look at him. And he had pulled his pants on. I was masturbating while we were running around the fountain. It's like, ew. So, I, yeah. Oh, here, look. It says, last year, a couple in the UK also had um, to appear in court and face jail time after getting caught on a security camera having yeah. sex in a well, Domino's. But, but that has a little, um, something like that has a thrill to it. Well, but maybe I, master- I don't get the impression maybe- these guys masturbate necessarily. There's something di- slightly different. Why not? There might be a thrill maybe, to maybe this. Maybe they do get off on that. Yeah, maybe that's they what get wondering. off on well, people yeah. looking at them horrified while they masturbate. <laughs> well, you know, this this guy at the Lincoln, Nebraska one, he was, they said he was intoxicated and would not talk to the police, which means that he might have been so intoxicated that he was beyond rationality anyway. Yeah. They said that he doesn't have any priors for anything like this, and he's not a registered sex offender. So here, I don't. I, this article. So this is the the Domino's one says Domino's sex couple faces jail time for obscene and disgusting act. They were having sex, and that's a disgusting act. Maybe because it was in the Domino's. Wait, the, I don't know. There might, maybe there's some other pictures. Maybe if it was with the pizza. Well, that oh, okay. <laughs> even still, no, even it was it was no, it was in Domino's. I've, um, I I saw this article. Basically, the, the couple went in to get a pizza, found a kind of secluded corner off to the side, and were, were getting it on while they were waiting for their order. Seems like a reasonable thing to do. Sure, why not? <laughs> well, yeah, but like, I, I want to pass the time, have a little fun. I believe that any sex in in Britain is considered to be lewd and indecent act. Well, apparently, it's obscene and disgusting. It, but I. Why that wording? That that wording is so emotionally charged, right? Yeah. They were having sex. How is that disgusting? I mean, English. okay, yes, they should. Should they be doing it? I mean, yes, you should they be doing it in public? There, Pro- probably not. But to say it's obscene and disgusting, that's the that's just that's just clickbait. Yeah. And I clicked it. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I uh, I do not support masturbating at the Burger King. Where do you support it? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I would say not at the Seven Eleven. Uh, not not at your local. Uh, not at pizzeria. Uh, not at the pizzeria. How about, Brian, how about you just invite them over to your your bedroom and have them masturbate in there for you? Sure, if I can film it, even better, <laughs> right? Hey, get some money off it. Why not? Yeah. See. Um, okay. Yeah. Good idea. Yeah, a whole new business started. Yeah, exactly. That that sounds like a good plan. All right, let's move on. Okay. On to what the fuck are they thinking? Yeah, so St. What is it? St. Peter's Company selling Holocaust-style yellow star for gun owners? Oh, man. Yeah, Oh, this is one of those things that I I can't understand how you don't understand how this is crossing the line. I don't understand how these people could come up with this idea and not realize that it is racist, it is um, insulting, 
it is degrading to a whole group of people that actually suffered through a real true it trivializes I, I, yeah. trivializes what they went through. Yeah, I, I can't even imagine what the, the actual Jews in Germany went through during World War II. The, you know, I, I'd never even try to pretend that I have suffered anything near that level, close to it, even slightly close to it. Uh, well, you know, the, you know, the, we should we should pay attention to the fact that all the gun owners were disarmed, rounded up, and put into camps and starved, they and were? then eventually <laughs> gassed and uh, yeah. incinerated. <laughs> no, but apparently, uh, although I, I guess they have taken it down since then, but... Um, so this is this from a one... company called Tactical Shit. Yeah. And they said that... And... Um, well, no, they were selling it, but they didn't make it. Okay, but still, but Tactical Shit said that they will no longer sell the patch. See our latest update for the reason yeah, why. After, what is the reason after why? After articles like this came out. Yeah, exactly. What? Yeah. They, they, they got noticed. They yeah. had no problem with it. In fact, if you go to their site, they purposely try to find offensive stuff to push. Sure. They want to push the boundaries of being offensive. Well, okay, to be but fair. This it, crosses a line. <laughs> well, but here's the thing is that I it's mean, not illegal, right? It's, no, it's, it's not, not. It's tasteless, but if they can, I mean, ultimately a business is trying to make money. If if they can do it by, by if, if this sells... Like there's no no such thing as bad publicity. If if having this publicity helped them to sell this product, I mean, maybe as a business that you don't care, right? Because because your goal is to make money, and if the, you don't care I, how you business, do it, yeah. Well, but that puts in you know the morality of the business itself. And obviously, this is a company. I even if I went to find something on their site I liked, I couldn't do business with them because sure. they clearly don't have a sense of morals. And, right, you but know. but but because of that, because. Because you're willing to say, hey, I won't shop them because they're immoral. Somebody else is liable to say, hey, I'm going to shop there because Ian doesn't like the place. <laughs> right? I mean, so uh, in some ways, it's but, a business strategy, whether you like it or not. I also can't picture someone thinking they um, could walk through civilized society wearing one of these and not have people um, – get mad at him no and, and that's but, and that's exactly what this what this tweet or whatever yeah. it is says yeah but um, you go down and um there's a looks like a tweet from a guy who has both the gun owner one and apparently the republican one because you know how poorly persecuted the republicans are right now in america we are really just persecuting them left and right well okay to be fair when society it changes and you and you're and you're on the fringe of of, of what the majority is is changing to, right? Then, then yeah, then you 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 set up a persecution complex, right? Mm. Who's in a wind tunnel? Not me. I'm, Somebody's breathing on the mic. I've been hearing <sighs> something. Mouth breathers. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. But still, the idea that the gun owners right now are being persecuted, you know, they were they've been trying to keep that alive, and actually, oh, yeah. that was probably started by the manufacturers, of course, because um. Both when Obama got elected and reelected, gun sales skyrocketed. Yet Obama never once passed any kind of gun legislation. He didn't even push it. But the, the, it helped to sell. I mean, it helped to sell yeah. product, and they used it to sell product. But they used the fear yep. that you know, Obama's going to come and take your guns to sell product. And these people are, are using the same kind of, of of emotional hook, right, to make money yep. to sell these stupid stars. You know, and it, it, it's sad and uh, rather ridiculous, but. Uh, For the record, 
Obama would never show up at people how people's houses and take their guns. He would send Michelle because she's far more intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Michelle is quite intimidating. <laughs> so, th- so this little tweet here says, "I got these from a website called Tactical Shit. Um, I'm not Jewish, but these, but these are a sh- a show of solidarity of the Republicans of." The Republicans that are too afraid to speak up in the in the political correct society, as well as the to the Republicans and the conservatives in Hollywood and many other places. You hear this all the time, you know, in, in that you know conservatives in Hollywood can't speak up. Well, they can, and they can say whatever they want. But if they say that, yes, there could be repercussions if other people don't like what they have to say. And that's always the case. Yeah, that that's how that's how it works. <laughs> I just it's just it's just mind boggling to set up these. You know, I mean, I listen. I have views at work that don't exactly fit in, right? Because I don't think climate change is a hoax, and I work for an oil and gas company. Do you think that goes over well? <laughs> Not really. No, it doesn't. Well, you also know that they shouldn't use the term fracking because it's offensive to people from the 12 colonies. What the frack? That's Battlestar Galactica, right? people. <laughs> Battlestar Galactica. Uh, so, I, I mean, here's the thing is that you, we're always in, 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 you know, when, when we're at work, we're, we're always in a, in a position where you're there to do a job, right? Not to spread whatever your agenda is. And these people in Hollywood, right. They have to work there, right? So is it is it about about doing the job or about your agenda? Which do you want to do? And I'm sorry that that other people, if they, if they don't like what they're going to have to say, are going to say something back to you. Who's the snowflake now? Well, well, yeah, you have to this- understand that in this in this environment, um, Republicans are Republicans are powerless. They run everything. They run exactly, fucking and they trip everything. over their own feet every oh, time. Oh my god. They shut down the government, not the Democrats. I'm yeah. sorry. They're in char- They're in control of everything. Well, yeah, but that was because the Democrats were mean to Trump. Oh, my God. <laughs> Actually, if you look as to the company legitimate reason, um, it's oh, because yes, the, the, what they're complaining against is no longer relevant under Trump. Because that's actually oh, the justification why. for why they're not selling it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it. no longer Obama's no longer in power, therefore they don't need to put the yellow star on their jacket. That's the uh no. that's their justification. Yeah. Well Brian was the one that brought up the whole snowflake thing. I've <laughs> never seen a group of people more easily offended, more easily oh, upset man. than the present conservatives right now. You can't yeah. criticize a single thing about Trump, you can't criticize a single thing about anything they or their leaders do. Without them saying, "Oh my God, you're attacking me! Stop persecuting me!" It's like, <laughs> no, we, we we criticize what Trump did. That's not persecution. That's a whole different thing. Mm-hmm. We're yes. actually treating Trump far better than you treated Obama. Yeah, and the, you, even some of Obama's criticisms, we said, "Okay, you might have a you, you might have a fair claim there," and we never took it personal. We didn't go, "Oh my God, stop hurting me!" I mean, I, yeah. I, I'm so. And then to oh. see something like this where they're basically straight out saying, we are so victimized. Oh, oh my, my God, God, look at us. It's like, no, you're not victimized. You're not victimized. Learn what being victimized really is. You trivialize victims when, when you pull these cards, too. And, yeah. And, uh, let's move on. Let Please, let's go. Well, let's I, 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 I just like how they're, they're always uh, yelling. It's just like, 
Oh, they, they want to make it a little more inconvenient for us to own guns. This is a travesty. Uh, listen, most of America supports background checks. Even most of most NRA members support background checks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> the story of a yeah, woman. To, oh, I'm sorry. Did, do you, ha, do you need to say something lighter. more? If you need to, say it. Yeah, just say on to something a little lighter. Okay, okay. <laughs> the story of a woman who married a 300-year-old ghost. I, let me have it. Okay, so <laughs> Amanda Teague, 45 years old, uh, she married her Haitian husband, Jack Teague, on a small boat in the Atlantic Ocean. It was done in international waters because uh, her uh, the groom was dead, had been uh, dead for many, many years. She married the ghost of a 300, 300-year-old Haitian pirate. She began having a spiritual relationship with him in 2015. Um, she sensed his presence. Uh, he is the best sex she's ever had. Yeah, that I, that might be my favorite part right there. Because yeah. Uh, um, so here's the thing. So, what is, so what like, is? how are they going to raise the children? Is there a ghost religion? Um, uh, I, don't, they, I don't know. Well, there actually okay. are. There actually are ghost marriages in China, which are also not legal. Okay, but but, still, but here's the thing: is that and she, the children will be half ghosts. I'm guessing. I, yeah. <laughs> I guess she's actually got kids from a prior marriage um so apparently he's a step ghost dad to be played by bill cosby (laughs) (laughs) so they they spent a lot of time talking about the legalities here and about it being challenged and stuff like that who cares what is it is there a reason that any of you would would care about that is is well i think that he's trying to get on her health insurance Uh yeah if she tries to do something funky in taxes i can see them saying hey listen that's not gonna quite work Okay, okay, but here's but the thing. But outside of that, I don't know why he would care. I mean, he doesn't exactly have an income to claim, so it's so she's so even if she files what? How how do you file your taxes like that? I, I don't know how they file them in the UK, but a married couple would get a bigger tax break whether or not he's working than just a single person. Okay. At least here in the United States. Sure. So if yeah. she tried to file um, you know, married taxes here in the US, she would get double um uh, whatever you know, double um, deductions. So she could theoretically get a whole big, huge refund that um, through that. Okay. So I don't know if the UK has, you know, I don't know how the UK taxes work, but that would be the only thing I could think of right off the bat where the government would say, "Hey, yeah, listen, you can't on your taxes declare your dead husband." Right, because he's dead. <laughs> yeah. But you there might be an exemption from that rule. Well, but not. I don't know. See, that's a that's a thing. So in France, France has this on the books too, and they use it for catastrophic circumstances. So in World War, was it World War One? If you're if you had a boyfriend that died, they would let you marry him, right? So I, I imagine you have to prove some way that you had a relationship with the person, and then you could marry that person and probably get some benefits, right? For for that, and so they did that for these people. You know, because their boyfriends are away at war. They've done this right. um, for other accidents where people have, where they have died. So, so the, I, I think there is a legitimate use for this. Right. Yeah. But you have to prove that you had a relationship with the person while they were living. I assume. Right. That would be a big yeah. thing that would get in her way of, yeah, yeah my, my husband's been dead for 300 years. Give me all sorts of, you know, special benefits. Well, and plus there's no proof that this person actually exists because they went through you know, people tried to verify his existence, and then the yeah. claim that, that 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 he was the inspiration for uh, Captain Jack Sparrow 
you know, for, uh, from Pirates of the Caribbean, which of course. Well, she was also a, a Jack Sparrow impersonator. That was her, that was her oh. job as a Jack Arrow, Jack Sparrow impersonator. Yeah, this is, this is all very interesting. And she, and here's the thing is that, so now, how old is this woman? 45. She's only 45. Yep. Wow. That's what it said now, somewhere. And I think yeah, I know the, I think I know the law you're yep. talking about. About how they have to prove that they had a a prior relationship before they were dead. I think that's called the Romeo and Juliet law. It's on tech on the books in Texas. Uh, okay, but, no, that's no, actually something else. Yeah, there is a Romeo and Juliet law. What is the Romeo and Juliet law? He's married to a ghost or not? That's none of my concern whatsoever. I, I don't care about that. In fact, Happy, you know, yeah. the Irish, the, you know, this kind of thing, having sex with ghosts came very easily to the Irish. They, I mean, they really adopted Catholicism because these men would go away to sea for, you know, 10 months to a year and they'd come back and their, their wives would be pregnant because, because they were having sex with ghosts. <laughs> <sighs> There's a joke about that. There is a but... joke about that. I, I skipped the whole joke. Yes, you did. I, I went right to um, the punchline. I thought you said goats, your honor. Right. That's the <laughs> one. O'Malley, is that you? Yay. Have you been drinking, O'Malley? Aye, I've been drinking. Amali, have you been having sex with ghosts? Oh, Your Honor, I thought you said goats. All right. So anyway, a little further down in the article, it talks about uh, a 27-year-old guidance count, spiritual guidance counselor from Bristol, UK, who uh, has had ectoplasmic encounters with 20 different ghosts. And uh, she talked to viewers about her ritual to seduce ghosts, including wearing sexy lingerie. Well, but this is a this is actually good news for dumbass because maybe vagina ghosts are actually a thing. Yeah. Of course, they're a thing. <laughs> Why would those not be a thing? Vagina. It makes so much sense, guys. <laughs> Wasn't there a guy out there who uh, we talked about a while back who was screwing the demons out of people with his magic penis? Yes. <laughs> Same kind of thing. <laughs> I think. I think my concern here is that all this stuff seems to be applying to like. Uh, really, really antique, long-in-the-past ghosts. And, you know, you don't get any... Apparently, the, the modern ghosts are not getting any love. So, you know, you're, you're not going to get somebody married to a ghost just so the ghost can get the, the Wi-Fi password and the, the the password to the Netflix account. What about Casper the Friendly Fluffer? Uh, <laughs> I heard that in the... I heard that in the movie, he had a really kind of a... Uh, they they actually had him have a, a weird relationship with the with the young girl in the movie. I don't know, and I thought that was probably just a little bit off color for a kids movie. But you know, ultimately, I, it, the thing is here. Other than the taxes, this is a it's an interesting story. It seems harmless to me for the most part, other than a couple of legal things. And if she's happy, uh, have at it. Yep. All right. Uh, what is this next one? Oh, uh, peacocks. Yep, support peacocks. Support peacocks. Okay. Oh, basically. I, okay. Wait. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. Let's do the peacocks because um, the next one is a bigger topic. So let's do peacocks first, and then we'll get to Mad Cat. Uh -huh. Okay. So anyway, uh, the the whole deal here is that the there was a lady who tried to bring her support animal on board a, a United Airlines flight and was turned away because of the. Uh, the size and possible disposition of the animal. And the animal in question was a support peacock. Now, they're, they're showing her walking in with the bird, and the bird is, seems like he's pretty well, uh, pretty well behaved. 
Okay. But there's that's an awful lot of bird to try to bring on board an airplane. Does it have a cage? I mean, can can she put no. that in some sort of a cage? She, she brought it in on her shoulder. I see that. And you know, you know, the size of a cage that even a travel cage for a peacock would have to be like equivalent to at least the size of a, a cage that would be fitting of a Rottweiler. Because you know, you're yeah, looking at a bird sure. that's about five six feet long, including the tail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's now I'm bird. not I'm not going to debate whether this this is her emotional support animal because the emotional support animal is designed mm-hmm. is is defined by the one supported. You know, if you tried to give me an emotional support dog, well, wait a second. I would Hold have on. nothing the, to do with it. Isn't there? Isn't this a legal term? Aren't there certain animals that are qualified as support animals? There are certain certain animals that are qualified as service animals, but not as emotional support animals. Okay, All right. a service animal can be certain things, but an emotional support animal can be almost anything. Yeah. Um, I was talking with my daughter earlier about this, and I guess there was a guy who was barred from entering a taxi with his nine emotional support bunnies because he had to have all of them at the same time. Well, that's how bunnies do it. (laughs) I I think he had kind of a whole bunny blanket going, but, uh, um, you know, I could also understand if he had anxiety, part of what he was anxiety, having anxiety about was in knowing where all of his animals were probably. (laughs) Okay. Well, but so what was the what how, is there a resolution to this story? I mean, they weren't going to let the peacock on. So so how do, how does how does this end? Her her friends are driving her across country. Okay. That was the resolution. Well, I haven't heard if there's anything legally filed or anything like that. Um United Airlines confirmed that the exotic animal was barred because it did not meet guidelines for a number of reasons including its weight and size. I think that I think that they're probably in the right here, whether we like, I mean. I, I You know, I, I don't, I don't disagree. I don't disagree with it. I think that's an awful lot of bird to bring on board a plane. Yeah. 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 That, that's one thing. I think that, that if you're, considered... I think if you're going to bring peacocks on a plane, I think you've also got to bring Samuel L. Jackson on a plane. That, that, that snakes. To say, I am sick and tired of these motherfucking peacocks on this motherfucking plane. All right. Well, let's move on to drinking bleach after that. <laughs> mm, just a thrill and a half, isn't it? It is just a thrill and a half. It's a, this is actually something that's been going on for a, quite a while. So, but you have a actually, I like what you put in here. Um, so, this is uh, desperate parents forcing kids to drink bleach as autistic children become victims of a sick U.S. cult. And so, this is from uh, what the Mirror UK. This is a case of U.S. crazy spreading to the UK. Yep. So what do we got here? And what we have here is some people who are trying to uh, cure autism and also trying to purge parasites. Um, An advocate of this is, they tend to say an awful lot, but ex-drug addict Danny Glass, uh, because of he's a advocate of the church that is, saying this and wait which church is saying that uh a church cult in unqualified advocates okay um, but it doesn't say anything about what church it is so jim hubble hubler hubler not hubble jim hummel is an ex-scientologist that claims mms cures just about every disease and disorder including autism so it goes back to this Mm -hmm. to to this guy jim 
And so yeah. he's an ex-Scientologist. Now, I don't remember uh, their thing being in here about a church. So that's interesting. I, I, I must have missed that. Yeah, it doesn't, uh, like I said, it doesn't say which church cult, though. And not only are they, I noticed as well, not only are they saying that drinking the bleach is supposed to help, but using some turpentine, uh, a turpentine, and a bleach enemas and turpentine enemas to purge parasites from them wow. that way as well. Ow! Uh, so, wow. Yeah. yeah. Enemas the- themselves sound like they'd be pretty <laughs> uncomfortable, but bleach and turpentine ones, that would burn, I would think. Oh, I would oh. think so. Either well, one separate or, yeah, yeah, it's just... The the bleach is a, is a concentration that, um, I, I don't know how, it can be fairly high, and I think that people can get burned, can't they? Yeah, that's probably mm-hmm. the thing that it makes can. people think that it's effective, too, because it's like, you know how Listerine, a lot of people really like right. Listerine because it actually feels like it's doing something. So MMS is 28% sodium chloride in distilled water. Uh, in, essence, in essence, MMS is the equivalent of industrial strength bleach. It uh, uh, also says that uh, no proven medical benefits potent cocktail of sodium chloride mixed with citric acid powder to make an industrial bleach yeah Yeah. so they're they're mixing it and it causes vomiting diarrhea and dehydration probably blood loss as well because you're gonna get that out of there from that well they're mixing it with lemon juice so 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 they're taking so they're taking so they're mixing it with the food acids and and then they're gonna use can you imagine how that that I mean, what's the concentration of acid in this thing? I mean, so you're gonna put bleach it's, acid up your butt. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And is and it, is bleach is bleach bleach isn't uh, is a base, right? So are we mixing a, um, a a base and an acid here? I think so, but either which way, either one is going to burn you. Yeah. Uh, well, well, the lemon acid isn't going to burn you, but if you have any sores or anything, that is going to hurt so you put it on put it up your rump it's yeah that's not as uh as so here's a quick list of some of the things that he claims it can cure um aids herpes a b and c uh aids herpes a b and c uh, malaria i'm sorry hepatitis a b and c malaria herpes tuberculosis cancer and then of course autism is another claim i i I have a link down here to their site for the um of a list of uh, of uses and it just it's, it's everything it is i mean it is just everything that it, they claim to be able to cure it does it uh does it is it supposed to be able to cure um oxygen addiction and vital signs because <laughs> yeah, those can be problematic yep, the, i think that as those can the be real tricky to yeah, cure yeah as the solution gets higher and higher i think that it can cure those things yeah you just ain't alive anymore yeah. that cures it yeah they, but Back pain, bladder cancer, bone cancer, bad breath, halitosis, uh, baldness. It can cure baldness. Spray a mixture of 10 active drops uh, per ounce on scalp uh, once per hour for 10 hours per day. Prolong 1,000. Protocol you know, you 1,000. can cure all that stuff with death. <laughs> baldness is a loss of hair on the scalp. If it burns the scalp off, technically you're not bald. Uh, I mean, this is... It just goes on and on. They, they every you name a disease, I'll bet it's in this list. 
Yeah. Rheumatoid arthritis. I don't see the the thing that's weird though is I don't think that this is as I don't think this is as big a thing in America as they're making it out to oh, be. No, no, no. This is where it started. No, no, it's huge here. This is where it started. But, in fact, several skeptics in our community, in the skeptics community, have been attacked by these people, right? And and, and so the, there have been fights. Um, if you look on scientific uh, medicine, then they 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 go on and on about it. Doctor Oz has had other doctors on that promote this crap. I think oh, wait, I think it wait, is a problem. I'm going to take issue with that. Hold on a second. You said Doctor Oz has had other doctors. I, I, I dispute the use of the word doctor. Okay, fine. Yeah, doctor, <laughs> um, Mr. Oz. I do, I, actually, I dispute the, worst, the use of the word other. Oh, okay. So uh, are we are we saying that we uh, doubt Dr. Oz's veracity? <laughs> uh, yes. Oh, okay. Just a tiny bit. <laughs> I am saying that I believe Dr. Oz is probably not intentionally mendacious, but he is... Uh, not exactly uh, an authority. So yeah, so they're using this in different concentrations to fight cancer and uh, just everything. Uh, there's just nothing that they won't that they won't try to cure with it. Diphtheria. Okay, let's find out. Let me look. <laughs> all right, all right. Challenge accepted. How about uh, consumption. Uh, depression. Find out if consumption is on the list. Diphtheria. Not on the list. What about rabies? He's looking. I'm looking, looking, I'm looking. It makes for good radio when like this. Uh, okay, Rady, rabies isn't on here. Okay, so it's so not it everything. Cure everything. Okay. okay, so I was. <laughs> Here's the thing: is that it cures nothing. None of these have are have ever has it ever been shown to do anything for any of these, and you're just drinking bleach. Yeah, yeah you know, but, it stands as good a chance of curing lycanthropy as anything else. That you know what that that's a reasonable point. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry that I was so harsh on them, Brian. We've been doing this for a while now. Do you really <laughs> think that any of the people that believe it can cure everything in sight are going to listen to common sense and no, science not. and but anything this, rational? Yeah, but they're I think they're this not one, our target audience. Yeah, but this one could be particularly dangerous. I think. Yes, that that that, that is a problem. Bleach is poisonous. It does kill. We know that. There's no doubt of that. Okay, so oh, yeah. to our one listener, Howard, if you were thinking about <laughs> making your kids drink bleach, uh, he, he's not interested. I think after the Echoey episode that we have a, had a couple back there, he, he, he stopped he's, listening. <laughs> he's made me eat some pretty nasty stuff. Has he? Howard has? Bleach. Really? Well, you might not think it nasty, but like oh, okay. Brussels sprouts. I like Brussels sprouts. Sauerkraut. Uh, and not so also not nasty. Both those are nasty. Brussels sprouts nope. are evil. No, they're not. They're never, Bru- nope. No, no, no. Yes, Brussels sprouts can be prepared well. Nope, sorry. Just they're don't evil. boil them. <laughs> People, stop boiling Brussels sprouts, okay? Steaming them is nice, though. No, it's not. <laughs> really? Bake or saute? Uh, we've tried sauteed saute. Brussels sprouts. They are good. Yeah. <laughs> also sauteed cabbage, which turned out to be surprisingly good. Yeah, sauteed cabbage is good, mm-hmm. too. Yeah, absolutely. I still won't go near sauerkraut, though. All right. Okay, so bleach, bad. Well, hold well, on a second. bleach is very I'm good. Bad. Okay. Now, how how do you actually keep yourself from being near sauerkraut? Is there some sort of a restraining order, and how many feet does it have to keep away from you? Twenty. Has to be twenty feet away. Okay. Yep. Okay. That's why I very seldom go to the grocery store. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> Besides the factor, I hate shopping. But hey, <laughs> I I love shopping when it's for power tools. Mm. <clears throat> but there's something I you like love shopping, shopping for. when it goes when you go to you know the stationary store. 
like staples or something like that. See? Then I'm just standing there going. So you don't hate. Books. So, so you don't hate shopping. It's there's certain types of shopping that you hate, and everybody hates like those types of, of shopping, right? Most but, of it. Yeah, right, but there are certain types of shopping that we can all get behind. Wow, have we gotten off topic? Yeah, we're way here. off topic. Yeah. Just hey, Ian, you know bit. that yep. uh, you know that King Supers over on uh, Alameda and Wadsworth. Yeah, and that they just changed all around. Uh-huh. I walked in there one day and I, I told a couple of the clerks that were there. I said, "I know you're making a lot of changes, but I have to make sure that you don't move the office supplies that they because they have to remain stationary." Oh. One of them, one of them got it and started. All right, looked like her. Okay. looked at her like she was crazy. Oh, you know, <laughs> wait, let's let's go back to the article because the article is about a specific person who is trying to get um uh, the uh what the British government or the U- UK government to um to actually take action on this. What is what is the name of the of the woman who who the article is about? If you watch the video, it's um this so this. Um, what is her name? Um, but she's trying, but so the video top is, is a woman who's trying to get them to take action on this. And so yeah. she's speaking out and she is autistic herself and she has six kids, five of which are on the spectrum. Oh, yeah. So, um, campaigning mom of six warns against controversial treatment. And I, yep. and now what is her name? Because we're doing a complete disservice to this. I am looking it up. Okay. It's not shown in the article, although it's they do not. mention, they give a couple mentions of this Dr. Foster. Okay. And Emma Dalmain. Okay. Okay. And this guy, Danny Glass, who's been using uh, some of uh, Nick Nolte's signatures brand of skincare products. So, yeah, and he's uh, keeping away from police because of uh, uh, killing... Killing his girlfriend in a car His crash. girlfriend in a car, yeah. So, yeah, so she... What, I'm sorry, what's her name again? Her name is Emma Dal. Maine. Emma Domain. So she is she so she is petitioning the government to take action on this and warning against this therapy. And it is concerning because when you watch this video, there's a woman who's talking that they gives a, a they give a list of things that causes autism, you know, uh mold and all the and, and some things like this. And so it, it it's like it like they they claim that they're the experts on this and this is what causes it. And of course, I, I think it's a neurological condition, right? I guess I don't understand autism all that well, but what I'm fairly uh, sure of is that it's not being caused by spores, molds, and fungus. Actually, yeah, we it's don't a neurodevelopmental oh, condition, which is not amenable to any form of tablet treatment. We don't know the cause, but it's it's a lot reassuring yeah. to pretend like we do. Right, it is, and that's what these yeah, people well, are doing. And also, the idea that um, you can cure it—the the idea that um, it. I, I mean, they're so scared of it. I've met autistic kids. They they have some odd stuff about them, well, but it's not it, like they're evil or no. horrible. You know, I mean, it, it sounds like these people. You know, and we we've seen that more and more. The fear of autism is huge, and it's like yeah. it's not that it's, big of you know, it's, it, it's not it that horrible deal. of a thing that your kid might have well, something different about them. It depends on where they are on the spectrum to how difficult it is going to be for them. Yeah. Right. And so we see people on on one end of the scale who are functional people who have some quirks. Then there's the other end of the other spectrum where they where they become unfunctional. Right. And so that that's one of the things about the spectrum 
is that it all depends on where you land yeah. on the spectrum. But I, well, and also part of it from what I well, just my youngest son who technically is almost on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things we did was when we learned there were issues that because he uh, he was diagnosed as borderline OCD, which basically meant he could technically become obsessive compulsive. And that is somehow connected to the autism spectrum. I'm not going to try and get into the whole thing on it. But what we did was, okay, we know there's a potential issue. We worked with him. We started finding ways to make it so that he was dealing with it. And now you can't tell he has any issues whatsoever. He That's good. And some autism is like that. It's like, okay, you know there's a problem. You work with them. You understand they have it. But instead of... You know, pushing them aside and hiding them, you work with them so they are dealing with it and they understand you're there to support them. Mm-hmm. To make it in something to be afraid of that you have to cure, it, it's messed up. I'm I, sorry. I, it, it just... Yeah, I agree. But I, but I would also say, I would also point out that every autistic person is individualized, right? Okay, yeah. what, what works for one isn't necessarily going to work for another. Right. And, and but, but what they're doing here is they're gr- grouping them all into just one classification and saying, this will cure it. Right, and that's another and problem no, that's going yeah. on here. There's no proof of it. We don't know what's causing it. It's it, it's a neurological issue. It's not just a disease. It's not a virus. It's not a bacteria. It's something we, we you know, do know born... what causes autism. Though it's no. engrams. Autism is caused by engrams. 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 That's the Scientology thing, right? It is. Oh, okay. you're talking. Uh, like, yeah. Yeah. That's what it okay. says in there. Yeah. So a lot of crazy shit that they claim. Yeah. It. it it's caused by right but but they 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 avoid the whole neurological effects right and and they try and focus on these things that sound like it's curable like like you know spores moles and fungus yeah which has and nothing parasites to do with it. and whatnot right yeah. exactly yeah yeah so i think yeah. what they're doing i th- i think that there's a lot of demand. that's like the people who are eating those uh tide pods it's like yeah, that's ridiculous too. What the? those uh, those cure oxygen addiction too. <laughs> Certainly can. Yes, I'm quite sure it would. Anyway, yeah. so yes, there'll be a couple more a couple more articles to uh, to science based medicine uh, on this topic as well, and they they cover it much more thoroughly and accurately than I'm sure that we did. Um, more than likely, <laughs> but it's but it's scary. I mean, the, just it's just it's just one of those things that is just scary on the face of it. Yeah. Well, it's. I mean, people go to to people who are saying these kind of things because they they think it's going to fix their kids. It's like well, they're desperate. They're desperate for any kind of an answer, even yeah, a they bad are, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Still, they're they're preying on people that you know that are in an in an emotionally disrupted place, right? I don't know if that's the best yeah. way to say it, but that they really are preying on these these people. You know, because they mm-hmm. have a child who they really want to help, and so they swoop in with with something that, and they claim, "Oh, hey, this the, here's the cure. This is what what the what science doesn't want you to know." And they they and we have a cure for it, and they they won't talk to you about it. And so it's scary when they do. It is. It's extremely scary. So let's let's move it on to. Uh, Arson do you guys the like jungle. classic eighties muscle cars? What do you guys like? Classic eighties muscle cars. Uh, I do. You like the Firebird? <laughs> are we talking about the arsonists of the jungle? We are. <laughs> the arsonists of the Outback. Of the Outback, rather. Yes. Yeah. So um, this was 
put up on a site called sciencealert.com. And I went and followed it to the original paper that was written on it. But what, uh, what they found out is they found out that there are several species of Australian raptors, the black kite, the whistling kite, and the brown falcon, who will pick up smoldering branches out of brush fires and drop them in places where it's not burning. And they're doing this so that they can drive out prey, because apparently they like their prey singed. No, and they, on the run. No, they don't want it singed. They don't care about that. Flushing them out. Well, yeah. <laughs> and I don't have any dogs to train. But so this don't is pretty... ever suggest that birds train dogs because they will do it. <laughs> no, apparently what trains dogs is baboons. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Apparently they have found that. Do you baboons have an article for that in here? It is, is the article in here? No, it's okay, not. Well, we should do that next time. Okay, next time. You should, you should yeah, definitely you should get that definitely article in. Um, but anyway, so apparently the Aborigines in Australia have known about this for years, and nobody believed them until, you know, until somebody came along and actually got photographic evidence of them doing this. To be fair, I don't know that nobody necessarily didn't believe them, but until, but until you have documented evidence, I mean, it, it's not something you it's, can move forward with. It seems crazy. Yeah, it does seem crazy. Yeah. It seems counterintuitive sure. that animals are going to run toward and pick up fire yep. and use it. Which is what they're you know, doing. Yeah. That's man's red flower, and, and animals can't have that. That's the thing that separates us from the beasts and our ability to use Photoshop. And to masturbate at the, at the uh, Burger King. I don't think that's necessarily the case. Mm. I don't think that separates us from the beasts. Oh, okay. So you're saying that they can masturbate at Burger King, too? I think they would be likely to do so. Okay. But um, anyway, the the geographer on the team said that they're not discovering anything. They're just collaborating with the Aboriginal peoples and getting this out there. And the original paper was published in the Journal of Ethnology. Okay. Anyway, um, but that got us going on other things and what happens with other animals in fire. And... There are instances of, of of raptors in the U.S. not utilizing fire, but, you know, not spreading it, but they will utilize fire. They'll wait at the edges of fires, waiting for fleeing prey out of cover. Sure, that makes sense. I mean, yeah. Okay. Um, bears, raccoons, and raptors have all been used, have all been seen hunting animals trying to escape the flames. Well, I mean, that's an easy way to get a meal, right? Because you know they have to go somewhere, which means that they also have to be capable of predicting where these where these animals were going to come out from. Yeah. Interesting. Well, they know, I guess they know what the behavior of the animals is going to be and where they're likely to run in cases of, you know, if you're if you're a predator, it makes sense to know what your how your prey behaves. Sure, it does. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what else? Well... I mentioned that uh, fire is man's red flower, but apparently the bonobos have learned how to make it. So they're actually starting Mm. fires, the bonobos. They are starting fires using rocks and twigs. And what? And they had, and they're, they're learning to do it better as time goes by. Really? It says a few individual apes, apes have originally developed a rudimentary technique, but the group improved it through experimentation and observation over a period of months. They are now able to create and maintain a fire, which they have been using mostly to scare off predators and cook food. And so where... Um, so are you are saying it's the time wild? to welcome our ape overlords? Apparently. Yep. 
it's getting there. Apparently, uh, Tim Burton's movie was right. That is that's incredible. This is uh, this is in Ubuntu. Okay, and and the, and this is this a wild population that they're just watching that they're yeah, wow. and they've apparently developed a a taste for cooked flying squirrels. That's how I like my flying squirrel. Yeah. Wow. See, okay. I would have thought you'd have been a smoke man on that. <laughs> oh well, I I might smoke a squirrel. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> as long as it's you know be. But it's nice to have some char on your squirrel too. What uh, what is interesting though is that apparently um, the local populations of Congolese have accused torch-bearing apes of setting fire to the forest, also causing the death of three people. Oh, well, okay, it's gonna. I mean, that's like liable to happen. We know we know how fire gets out of hand, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. But a rhino will put it out, right? I learned that from nope. the gods must be crazy. They will not put it out because that is an old myth that actually came from not even Africa. It came from Sumatra. I saw the movie. I saw the rhino put the fire out. That was two guys in a city. <laughs> Wait, there's a myth about rhinos putting out fires? Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, they're, they, they, the, the thing was put mm. in the movie, The Gods Must Be Crazy. And I think The Gods Must Be Crazy, too. Both of them. But it was put in there because there's an old myth about it, but this was a myth that was conflated from more than one location. And it was basically spread by, you know, white colonials. But what they, uh, what they, what they were basing this on was the fact that Sumatran rhinos will run up and actually try to eat stuff out of a campfire. But that has not even been seen in recent memory. So, so, so that, might so even, even that might fact. be apocryphal. Okay. All right. So rhinos won't put out the fire. Well, there goes there goes the my idea. You know. You're just gonna have to wait until a bear in jeans comes along <laughs> and just says, "Oh." <laughs> so you've got a link in here about chimps mastering fire. Also, is it is it also bonobos or is no it, no no? Uh, this, this is chimpanzees, but this is different. Um, they have what what this article is saying is that they have a um, that they're almost. They're very good at predicting where the fire is going to go. So this it looks like it's an instinctual thing, so if they can get out of the way of the fire, but so they're okay. They're so they're not actually it. they're just good at avoiding it. Then. Right? Yeah, they they can just predict Which the path of the fire. Which is also a good survival fire. skill. Exactly. Yeah. So very much so. Yeah. So do they live near bonobos who start fires? Uh, I don't think. I'm so. I'm just asking. Let's see. If chimps understand and predict the movement of fire then maybe um, that's the thing that allows some of the very earliest biped apes to eventually be able to control fire. So what they're suggesting is that, that you know, humans probably learned to do this um, as well and got very good at predicting fire and, you know, for their progress. Yeah, so that's, so that's what they're suggesting. Um, but yeah, no, that they're not using the fire um, in the same way that the bonobos are. So this is from Life Sciences. And so, so um, this article is more talking about, you know, how um, how we would be connected, which is a good, which is a good connection. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I think that's great. Anyway, the last thing I put in here was about uh, the latest. Well, maybe not the latest species, but I love how wild species urbanize. You know, I love to see raccoons using. You know, we, you and I were talking about raccoons using the sewers to get around. Mm-hmm. Um. We were talking about I, you know, I love to see foxes living in the uh, living in the uh, urban areas, and 
you know, they've just adapted. The raccoons have adapted to using the the dumpsters of the stores to get their meals. Well, so I was talking about last Monday when I, I, so I pull out of my driveway and I, you know, I was going to work and I see these things running away from me. And I thought, at first I thought there were cats until I got close enough. No, it was a herd, a whole herd of raccoons. Do they come in herds? I don't know if they're herds. I think they're packs. <laughs> Either way, there's a there's just a it looked like it was probably a mother and her babies. And so she went down in direct into the sewers. I saw her going into the sewer and the other ones just kinda ran away from me. But they but yep. the reason that they were out was because it was trash day. So everybody's so everybody's trash cans were out. So I'm sure that they were getting in trash cans. Yep. Trash pandas. Trash pandas. Yep. That's worse. That's so much worse. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but anyway, so I found an article about turkey flocks and they have been, they have been, uh, seen in Sacramento. They've been seen in Akron, Ohio. Um, they have, they have absolutely no fear of man and they are basically utilizing the urban environment because their environment's been taken away. They've been saying that the turkey population is declining but they only look for wild turkeys in wild turkey habitats. And it turns out that we've actually got wild turkeys that are moving into the cities. Hmm. This is interesting. I haven't watched this video, but the slide that it shows is very interesting. Showing, um, So it's, it's talking about how humans have changed the turkey. So the wild turkey averaged 15 pounds in 1996 and matured right. in 36 weeks. Today... The turkey averages 30, 30 pounds and matures in 18 weeks and looks totally different. Yep. The fancy tail is gone. The it's it's it looks like a bowling ball with a neck. But those are domesticated, right? Wild turkeys. Those are domesticated turkeys. Wild, wild turkeys, turkeys on the them. other hand, are wiry and apparently smart. aggressive. Well, they're very they are smart. smart. Yeah. Um, I've heard of even domestic turkeys being trainable as pets, including being able to use a cat's litter box. Mm-hmm. But, oh, my gosh, they smell. Yeah. We had cows and uh, young cows and pigs and turkeys, and the turkeys were the worst out of all of them for scent. For, yeah. Yep. So the birds have been uh, the birds of late have been accused of cracking roof tiles. Outside Sacramento, tiles, uh, terrorizing residents. Yeah, in um, New York, they're, they're terrorizing residents. Oh. Uh, Boston area, Cambridge, Massachusetts. One member of the city council told of a turkey that chased a child and her dog outside a church. Another coming recounted coming face to beak with a bird outside a community gathering, where the large fowl had been discussed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're I like listening the reference. In. <laughs> Yeah, so our turkeys uh, like trailing turkey off or taking over? They're clearly strategizing. <laughs> yeah. So yes, the thing of it is, the thing of it is, those instincts, uh, those pack pack hunting instincts from velociraptors, they're still in there if the right switch is flipped inside mm-hmm. a bird's head. They're still there. Sure. I've had the freaking lovebirds pack hunt me, and there's only two of them trying to keep me out of their cage. Mm-hmm. Mm, all right. They can be pretty darn tough, and those birds are big. Lovebirds? No, or no. Turkeys? No, turkeys. turkeys. Turkeys are big. Lovebirds, no. are, lovebirds, lovebirds are small, but they're tenacious. Yeah, oh, so yeah. it says, are turkeys trailing off or taking over? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. yeah. 
But yeah, the, so, the wild turkey looks totally different than the domesticated turkey. Yeah. I mean, you could tell the, that you know, the, the domesticated turkey's not going anywhere, I'm sure. But no, no, no. no. I think Texas has quite a few wild turkeys. I'm, I think the thing that's bugging me about the thing with versus the wild turkey versus the domesticated turkey is maturation 36 weeks versus maturation 18 weeks. And I wonder what the difference is there. It's got to be, it's got to be that they're giving hormones. Well, it could just be the way that we've been breeding them too. That doesn't, that doesn't mean that. Uh, that's true. If no. you breed faster, you're going to get a, a breed that breeds faster. Yep. I mean, that's just, mm-hmm. that, that's just genetic engineering. That's a GMO turkey. Yep. Most everything we have is genetic engineered or Absolutely engineered in such a way that it just changes to what we want. It just wasn't yeah. done dogs, in the lab. Dogs are GMO. Yes, yep. they are. Yeah. Breed, breed them with what you want. That, that's, that term bothers me because we have been, you know, genetically, you know, scientifically breeding stuff for a very long time. And I guess it wasn't so scientific at first, right? It was just, hey, let's, you know, let's try this and this, right? But just because yeah. it wasn't done in the lab doesn't mean that it's not genetically modified. Pigeons. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. The, the, the cool thing about the pigeon population, according to, according to uh, Darwin's Origin of Species, the pigeon population will show results within a couple of generations. So you don't have to wait a long time to find out what you did. Well, that's the yeah. advantage of fruit fly research too, right? Yep. And it's a lot easier with the smaller animals because they have a shorter gestation period. Right. Well, and CRISPR, of course, makes you know makes that even uh, more so. Right. We we can do things with CRISPR now that I, we can't do by just right. We can we can get more fine tuned. So. Okay. So uh, I mentioned a bunch of different places. They've got a picture on down here of a wild turkey roaming in northeast Minneapolis. Is that the pic? Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. <coughs> yeah, there it is. That's just one of them. Wow. Okay, that's that's quite something. So they so they but they usually stick together. Sure. In a flock. Mm-hmm. Or it would you, be a you, flock. Can you have a murder of turkeys? No, that's a murder of crows. I really like I'll now that. see. I've got to look it up. Say. <laughs> <laughs> I think group it's a flock. names for birds. Okay. Okay. A raft of ducks. A rafter of turkeys. A rafter, right? Hmm. A rafter. I really a want siege to... siege of herons. Okay. Wow, okay. A, ske- a stain of geese in flight. A sword of mallards. A spring of teal. A tidings of magpies. Now, that's interesting. An unkindness of ravens. I learned that on Longmire. Hmm, okay. Um, a wedge of swans. A wisp of snipe. A pitying of turtle doves. An ostentation of peacocks. Okay. A support ostentation of peacocks. Oh, a group of raccoons is called some raccoons. <laughs> some raccoons. <laughs> oh man! Now I got to ask you, Brian. The raccoons you saw down there mm-hmm. was there a giant tree walking with them, and were they armed? No, none of them were armed. Okay, yeah, it's worth checking. <laughs> worth checking. Uh, I think that, that, that's about it. That, that is a good place to bring it to an end. I think I'm gonna put this uh, group names for birds in the. In the document, too, just in case anybody... Oh, that'd be great. Okay. All right, well, I think it's time to say goodnight, everybody. Goodnight, everybody. Goodnight. That's another That's another pack of turkeys in the can. <laughs> and raccoons in the sewer. If you've made it this far, that's an hour of your time. You're never getting back. But the amateur skeptics appreciate you giving that hour to us. If you'd like to tell us how you felt about spending that hour with us, let us know at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. 
The Amateur Skeptics Podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons share-alike, no-derivatives, 3.5 license. Intro music by Peter Canold. Find more of Peter's music at soundcloud.com forward slash P-K-A-N-O-L. Exit music by OFM. Find more of their music at myspace.com forward slash OFMHQ. Artwork for the Amateur Skeptics by Sean Smith Board. Copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraiture.